Thank you all for coming. We're here today to celebrate the life and times of Fringe as we go through the celebration of life, season five. It may hurt us as we're going through it now, but we'll come out better people on the other side, probably. Today, we're talking about season five, episode one of Fringe, Transilience Thought Unifier Model 11. My name is Nick, and joining me today as the mourners are Charlie and David. Hi, I'm, I'm Charlie. And hello, good evening, I am David. Also, would you each like to say some words about uh, you know, one second, uh, this, this before, beautiful show? One moment, before we continue with the bit, Nick totally flubbed there and said heart instead of hurt. He, he did. I just want to bring I attention did. to that. All right, continue with the bit. <laughs> you motherfuckers. We are hey, here. Uh, please watch your language. This is a somber event. Uh, well, would either of you like to say some words about this, uh, this beautiful TV show that we have you know, held close to our hearts for almost two years at this point as we watch it? like curl up and die the, i have uh i have the one slow thought. deaths are the worst this isn't even a slow death this is <laughs> the, i thought this was dead on arrival season five um i would just like to say one thought that i had watching this episode that i think strongly correlates with my entire being and thought process for this entire episode it's that it seems like the head writers are fringed, watch Blade Runner, and we're really into it, and when we can fucking do that, and then jacked each other off in the parking lot afterwards. See, I and got Terminator 2 vibes. This is totally 100% Blade Runner vibes, with like them trying to figure out like if you're a loyalist or some shit, and it's like, oh no, they're coming for... Oh, it's fucking trash. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Uh, I mean, Fringe lived a very long and successful four seasons. It's a shame the fourth season was so successful, they got this season as well. <laughs> I think this also has to... Well, actually, I'll get into this later. But yeah, we're, we're here. We're finally here. It, it happened. I didn't think we'd make it, but we did. <laughs> I don't um, think... it out of season I... one, and I think that set us on this course. I think if we don't get out of season one, once we got out of season one, well, obviously, one, I think if we, we don't get out of season commit. one, then we yeah. never get here. But uh, well, that's why I ended the thought and rephrased it. Also, also, global pandemic and two lockdowns, like three lockdowns as well, guys. Yeah. <laughs> not, not really all our dedication. More like, well, we can do the podcast and I can talk to my friends at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else to do right now. It's not like I can go out. <laughs> We could be recording this at a bowling alley. Oh, Aww. yeah. I'm sure that would be beautiful audio. <laughs> Kill Aww. me. David would be great. But yeah. Just Nick and I talking about it in the background. You just hear David go, fuck you. <laughs> you guys act like I'm such an angry person. I don't feel like I'm, not, I'm an angry person. Nah, you're, you're, you're fine, David. Despite like most what I said before we started recording about the episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, uh, how's, how's everyone I, doing? I quote, how's every, what how, the fuck how's everyone's this, day's been? This episode is fucking weird. Oh my god, this is nonsense. <laughs> I fucking hated it. The best part of this episode was I got called to have dinner with my parents midway through, and then I came back and was sad I had to keep watching. That's <laughs> a, a real shame right there, David. <laughs> so disheartening. Uh, but yeah, how's, how's everyone's? How's everyone's? How's everyone's? A uh, couple days been since we last recorded. What's, I, what, I what's new in work. What's new in life? My month long vacation ended. No. On the I other hand, that money. Well. 
Money, it's it's happening again. I mean, you were making money while on vacation. Oh, yeah. No, I get paid vacation days. It's, it's beautiful. So it's not even money. It's just boo work. <laughs> I, the project I'm on is coming to a close, so get to look forward to the next thing. Hey, nice. That's always exciting. Yeah. David, other than being angry at life in this episode. Um, I, my, my update was going to be, I thought I was, uh, over my, uh, like nicotine withdrawal symptoms, but I have a fucking killer migraine right now that came out of Oof. nowhere that formed within the last two hours. So, uh, is that, is that nicotine oof, or is that fringe? <laughs> no, it came before I was watching fringe, which may have also contributed to why I'm so angry about fringe. <laughs> Oh, I started getting a migraine and went, I still have to watch the Fringe episode. <laughs> ah, shit. But I poured myself a very strong glass of whiskey, so hopefully that you will did. counteract it's it. Very strong glass of apple juice. We can't tell our listeners that you're drinking on the job. D- job? What? I don't get paid for this. If anything, I pay you to that's, do this. That's, that's fair. Well, in that case, go right ahead. Uh... Uh, what about you, Nick? What's been new in the uh, little bit more than 24 hours since we've last spoken and recorded a podcast <laughs> episode? Uh, let's see. I've continued to uh, do a little bit of writing. I played some more Storybook Brawl. Um, been out for some walks. Holy fuck, it's cold out. Um, I tried to walk over to the university today to go and get one of the like free rapid tests that were being handed I, out, like, you know, I, that the government was handing know. out why you chose today of all day today we got an extreme cold warning in the morning it was great great. literally of all days (laughs) anyways i got to i got to the university like an hour and a half after they'd like started doing the like things um and it was already empty they'd already completely run out of Mm -hmm. uh of rapid tests um come back tomorrow nerd um so (laughs) yep here i am yeah yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about the virus right at this point. Just, it's been going on for so long, and I'm just tired. And I think the general is. energy is people are just tired of it yeah. at this point. People are very much just tired of it at this Honestly, point. Honestly, I think the little tastes of freedom are worse. Just because it's like, oh, we're over it. We get to go out. And then it's like, nope, y'all. <laughs> nope. People weren't good enough. So now you got to go back inside. And it's like, but I was good. It's like, doesn't matter. You don't so, get to eat wings with your friends anymore. Man. So David, while, while I do feel that, I've also like the the amount better that I felt being able to do those things, even for that small amount of time, was like really important for me. So Yes, but. On there, the there other hand, that, that if we part. didn't do that and we stayed locked down for longer, was there a possibility that we wouldn't have to lock down again? No, like, because you're talking, you're talking as if the entire world was ever going to do that. I know. It's just, <laughs> it's so shitty that this pandemic has lasted so long because a few people, not even a few people, quite a no, bit of people, no, no. Quite, quite, a, quite a large amount, a terrifyingly large amount of people can't just suck it the fuck up and wear a mask, get vaxxed, and stay inside. Uh, I was re-watching yeah. um, some Team Four Star stuff because they do commentary for all the Dragon Ball Z movies and stuff. 
and they were like, yeah, for this one, we thought it would be funny if we played it up like this apocalyptic event was happening and everyone was just going about their day shopping and the radio was playing. We thought that would be like super like, whoa, out there, hilarious. Nope, nope, too real, too real now. Not even, do that I, I don't even think yeah. that would be too real at this point. That would just be like, yeah, that is what people would be doing. Like, yep. it's not even too real. That's just like, that is that is the correct thing for the audience, <laughs> like for the public to be doing in yeah. this situation. Sorry. They were saying it was so outlandish. That's why it was funny. Yeah. And now it's not funny because they're it's like, not funny. Apparently... It's like these people are acting the way I think they should. <laughs> <laughs> we, we nailed it, apparently. <laughs> Oops. Uh, let's twins. talk about happier things. Fringe season five. Kill me. (laughs) Show about family. Welcome to Fringe season five. Is everyone excited? We made it. I got really excited watching the opening because it reminded me of a good property. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, anyways. TV good? TV guide. TV yes, guide. we for completely forgot the TV guide. All right, TV guide for this episode reads: In the season five pr- premiere, wow, I am flubbing every word today. Um, Peter and Etta search for Olivia in 2036 as the Fringe team, released from Amber after 20 years, joins the rebellion to halt the Observer's world dominance. So even the TV guide and even Fringe realizes that Henrietta is a stupid name, right? That's why they're calling her Etta now. Everyone for the rest of the season calls her Etta. Yeah, because Henry, this okay. My okay, my problem <laughs> with this entire season is that it fully feels like the writers had no fucking clue what to do. Okay, like, so this is this is the confusing bit to me, and it's got to be a team thing. Although after seeing that roundtable, I have differing thoughts on it. <laughs> The writer for this season premiere was Joel Wyman, who wrote really, really good episodes. Like, there's always more than one of a thing. Um, Peter, White Tulip, uh, Over There, Olivia, Subject 13. Like, some, some really good episodes. Yes, but those episodes are still grounded in that they have the world set up already, and they have the sort of constraints and requirements of the like overall plot those episodes are like there is a bone like there's a structure to them and also a foundation for them this is they shrugged that old skeleton off and went we can do whatever we want this is nothing and this is like the fringe writers flexing the things they're worst at which is action (laughs) which is like cool sci-fi like full not even like not even hard sci-fi but real sci-fi sci-fantasy shit and like action scenes which is always what fringe has been shit at also the internal logic of the show yes and it's supposed to be like like intelligence like outsmarting impossibly intelligent people which is also something fringe struggles with because they always fucking do plot holes because hey, so, so many times it's just like talk they can read now. minds. How are you getting through that? Like I don't understand. Uh, so anyway, oh sorry, the, go the, ahead. Yeah, the the only the only sort of thing that I'm like sort of curious to see, obviously, is not well seen in this episode. Is with this being a 13 episode season, we're not going to have those. I'm or at least I'm expecting we're not going to have those. Like the first four episodes are one plot line. Because it really doesn't feel like that from this first episode here. 
Um, it feels like it's like, yep, this is going to be the plot line for the like entire season that's going on. It's going to be it, following one whole overarching story. I'm um, hoping it'll be a lot more focused. So, well, and I'm hoping that like that's that's something that we see a lot more in TV in like TV nowadays. Like, I'm expecting that this season of Fringe isn't going to have those like Monster of the Week episodes. It is very much going to be the sort of thing where it's like, yep, you got 13 episodes. You're going to have it be the overarching plot for all 13 of those episodes. Um, and it's just is, gonna be like bound, it, but for thirteen episodes. Is is it going to be bad? <laughs> Probably, but they're they're doing something that they haven't done in the past, and I'm curious to see how that goes. And that is what I will say so far about this. I'm trying to go in with the most open mind that I can for this season. I think so. I, I my my prediction for how it's the the season is we will laud the writers for taking the risk that they're taking. And then brutalizing them for how they executed it. I do not laud them for this risk. <laughs> I, I do not. Because honestly, if they didn't think they were getting season five and they were treating like episode 19 as in the wildest dreams, let's just come up with some fucking bullshit and just punk on our fans and punk on the studio and just, oh yeah, the drivers are the master race. Yeah, I would respect them more. But apparently, no, they were treating that seriously and this is the story they wanted to tell. And they're hacks. <laughs> oh, oh, and with All that right. preamble, let's... let's open to the beginning of Terminator 2. <laughs> or the opening of a previous episode of this show. <laughs> Also not correct. <laughs> All Who's I'm saying is... It's not a previous opening of a show. It's, it it's is, close. but it's not foreshadowing. It's, if it's anything, a... it's them looking at previous episodes and going, fuck, we gotta pretend like this, epi- this entire plot was foreshadowed. What can we do? What can we do? Well, oh yeah, there was that weird dream sequence. Let's put that back in. Well, I guess, I guess you well, could no, take it that's... as... So we're referencing season four, episode six, which starts off with Peter dreaming about him being in a park with Olivia, and they both have wedding bands on. I and, take that as it's his a very fantasy. happy moment is yeah, like really the important thing that's coming out of that. That's it's his fantasy because this Olivia doesn't know him. He just got dropped off in the new timeline. This can be seen then as, hey, look, he he's living the life. He it's a shorthand to be like, it's, hey, look, they made it. They're happy. And yeah, then it's, it's the new goes out. Something I mean, else to it. I mean, suited men come out of time bubbles. <laughs> and Peter's like, we got to Another- go. Come here, child. Another thing Fringe has never been good at, CG. Full CG. <laughs> Every CG shot in this episode hurt me. When they were on that fucking bridge looking at the city, I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> Looks like it was rendered on Apple II. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh. the observers show up in the park and, like, a building disintegrates because why not? I'm, I don't know if it gets explained later. How are the observers able to travel back in time, kill potentially their ancestors, and take over the planet that they ruin in the future without fucking up their entire future? And also, they then decide to fuck it up again. Like, it doesn't... 
doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like this is Don't worry like, about it. There, there's going to be some magical runes that are going to show up, and I'll have to like eat like eat my words about there not being magical runes, and that's going to be how have, the observers can survive. If you have the technological capability to time travel, why would you go back and conquer your like previous planet when you can just find a new planet? Especially if you then need to terraform your planet to make it habitable again, like. If you you can terraform, what are you doing? Also, don't they say that they need a higher CO2 mix in the air? Yes, that's why. Yes. They have plants so, that are just so, pumping CO2 into the atmosphere but to then terraform how did, the planet. How did they ruin the planet? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> All right. Let's let's try and not get too far ahead. I know, David, I know that you have a lot of issues with this episode, and as they come up, we will make sure to go over them. It just so. fails in every point of, like, basic world building. <laughs> like, I would point to this episode as an example of how not to build a world. <laughs> so, uh. the observers have... The observers have landed. Um, the invasion has begun. Uh, we get uh, a little bit of a flash forward to a um, like emergency tent, like medical tent that's been set up. Uh, Olivia is receiving care. Peter looks fucked. Uh, Henrietta, their child, is nowhere to be seen. Um, and there is nothing they can do on that front uh, right now. And as this is all going on, Peter wakes up and we're brought back to 2036 here. We have our backstory. Uh, yeah, Peter wakes up, goes, checks on Henrietta, and he's like, oh, are you okay? And he's like, yeah. And she looks, she's got a necklace that's got like a bullet on it. I think it's supposed to be, is it the bullet that comes out of Olivia's head? Probably. That, I There's going to be some, some bullshit later on where Olivia <laughs> goes brain dead. And it's like, don't worry, I have this bullet I always wear as a necklace. It has a bit of her brain matter. We can use Cortexafen to regrow her brain. Legitimately Uh-oh. wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, Why else would she be wearing it as a necklace? Because <laughs> things can be sentimental in this show. Remember the coin? God damn it, David. Yeah, the coin that had no plot relevance totally wasn't a MacGuffin at all and wasn't brought up multiple times later. It wasn't used as a MacGuffin. It was used as, like, symbolism. (laughs) Not saying this can't have plot relevance, but I'm saying it doesn't have to have scientific plot relevance. God. Trace amounts of brain DNA on this bullet. We'll use it to heal Olivia. Charlie, Anyhow. remember back in remember back in season two when both of us w- weren't sure if David was just gonna like love season five or something <laughs> like something crazy was gonna answer. happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyhow, Astrid's in the kitchen playing like a digital word searcher crossword that tells her she doesn't know how to read. Um, and joins, and Peter joins her, and she's like, "Hey, have some breakfast. Have an egg stick." Delicious, delicious egg sticks. And we get to learn more about how terrible this universe is. But they do have cool computers, at least. We... Yeah. <laughs> Walter just, gets and... dressed and is like, hey, I got this hologram of a machine we need to build. Walter getting dressed involves him putting on a robe. He's still in, he's still in his boxers. Yeah. Walter's very but... angry and very cranky. He's like full-on um, angry Walter mode. Um, as we saw in the previous episode 19 where he seems to have regained sort of the brain functions that William Bell cut out of him that made Walter Walter. 
So now he's closer to Walternate Walt. Yes. Yes. Fuck, I would have um, accepted that as a plot twist if this was actually Walternate and not Walter the entire time. <laughs> I would have loved that <laughs> instead of what they do. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, give, g- give me an hour with the script and I could give you such a better episode. <laughs> Even with the oh, foundation, dear. that's episode 19. Oh, uh, well... Let's we'll we'll see how how this goes as we uh, as we continue to move through. Um, we get a bit more uh, discussion between um, Peter and Etta at this point uh, before they move forward to um, like where they uh, where they need to go. They're trying to find Olivia at this point. Yeah, what sorry, we, yeah, we they're looking over... for Olivia. Walter and Walter and September came up with a plan. September yes. has the device that you see on the hologram, but he scrambled it in Walter's mind so the other observers couldn't mind read him. Yes. Um, and once Olivia returned with a specific component, everything I guess was supposed to unscramble. Well, in no. His so mind. September and Walter devised a plan to fight off the observers. Um, but then in order pr- to protect the plan, September scrambled, the, uh, Walter's brain or his memory of the plan. And then he went, all right, and- when you're ready, there's a, there's a thing you need to pick up in central station that will make everything clear for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, the piece Olivia was going to get. Yes. Yeah. But it's not, it's yeah. a different and- machine we learn on later. It's not a component or anything. It's oh, just okay. a different, yeah. it's just a tool that will unscramble his brain. Oh, yeah. it's they, they, okay. they play they play it off as if Walter's brain is now a computer and they've done a partition on it. Yes. Okay. Well, literally, so at some point, the observer says, you've been partitioned. <laughs> yeah, you've been partitioned. They literally it's, treat it as his brain it, is a computer. So they're looking for a crowbar and Olivia Samwise is what you're saying. I will yes. fucking die. <laughs> if Samwise oh. comes back this season, I swear to oh fucking God. God. Wait, Could can, you we, can, we, can we just, can we get a flashback episode in this season of, like, Olivia going to try and get this, um, like, Transilian Thought Unifier model? Um, it's gonna be a flashback, and it's gonna star Samwise and Brandon. That's, and, that's, and I want that so badly. Like three I, I, least I, favorite characters. <laughs> I want I want a Sam Weiss episode. Fuck Marv but it's Olivia came back this episode, and I was fucking furious. <laughs> but yeah, they they go to uh, downtown New York, like near Central Park, to go. This is where uh, Central Station is. This is where Olivia would be. And oh, look, the entire building is covered in amber. But they see some corridors carved through. Uh oh, this is the work of amber gypsies. Oh. I don't think you're allowed to say that word anymore. Yeah. You're not. You're not allowed to say that word anymore. <laughs> For good so reason. That's the last can can we can we just call them like the Amber Stealers now or something? We'll just Yeah, just just Amber you're, Thieves. You're replacing the word gypsy with theft? I mean, that's what the implication is. <laughs> that's why a word like gypped exists. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <no>. It's <laughs> Ooh. Like that's the entire point of that slur. So... Charlie, I'm I'm trying my best to just retire that slur while <laughs> still being able to get across what they meant by it here. Uh... It's on point. Like uh, they did yeah. mean that slur when they used that slur. So it, yep, uh, I we... promise you, none of those people are like Roma people. And... <laughs> we uh we now cut from this uh, scene of Fringe to a scene from Blade Runner. As David pointed mm-hmm. out, 
because they're walking through a multicultural like it's marketplace so blade runner like Like, geisha and people are wearing masks because they passed by a pollution plant did we we pass did we pass the point at some point in the episode as well etta gets her eye scanned like like, that was Uh, full-on seemed like a scene from blade runner no, nah, that's that's yet. a little bit further along. Oh my uh, we, God. we also we also get casual Walter racism. Um, yep. Oh, with the geisha. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, crazy to me how non problematic like the rest of Fringe season one to four was, and then this episode comes out. It's like, whoa, guys, what the fuck? <laughs> Were you just holding it back the entire time? What happened? It's. Oh my god, they it even is kind do... of impressive. I'll give you that. Like, <laughs> they even do like... the same thing as Blade Runner, where it's like, oh, is that a real snake? No, of course it's synthetic. Real's too expensive. And Etta bribes a dude with walnuts that are apparently worth about $3,000. That's what I'm telling you. This is just Blade Runner. Like, it's full on just Blade Runner. But yeah, the dude they bribe, so um, they direct him to someone, and the man interrupts his soup long enough to rack a shotgun into Peter's face intending to drive off the noob don't bring the fringe pedia <laughs> into this as well i hate this hey, episode enough how do you know those fringe pedia not my own words because <laughs> you're those a better writer than that but yeah the amber uh the stealers the the purple people eaters <laughs> Whoa, don't bring the purple people eaters into this. <laughs> <laughs> the day they announced the firing of Zimmer, don't bring them in, them into this. You should be rejoicing. I'm happy that it's time we get rid of Zimmer, but it's still sad because Zimmer's did a whole lot for this team. Oh I just God, get to be is... celebrating over here. My, my, my coach got fired after supposedly his job was safe. It's great. Didn't the Vikings the Giants fired Zimmer... like four people? Ah, uh, who knows? I think we only fired two specifically that are gonna, got announced. So uh, all all the Packers coaches and stuff are being interviewed by other teams to become their head coach. Oh God! <laughs> there was the rumor that we're interviewing the Eagles guy. I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> just go win. Just go win a Super Bowl that way, David. Ah, oh, that that's a cursed. <laughs> that's a cursed win. <laughs> um, <laughs> Back back to Fringe, the dude they talk to who's like eating his soup, is he not the medic from Mad Max Fury Road? Maybe. I have not seen that that uh I've not seen that movie, so I'm not sure. He's like drooling as he pulls a baby out. Yeah, this I, I would appreciate this season more if it took more from Mad Max as well. <laughs> Um, but anyways, we get a kind of cool scene uh, of them looking through um, ambered people um, and trying to find uh, Olivia yeah. here. It's kind of a like weird, like ghostly so, scene. So the vibe that we're supposed to get, I think, is that Fringe Division or Etta and her partner from episode nineteen figured a way to safely remove people from the amber and keep them alive, right? And otherwise, if you remove them, they just die, which is why everyone yeah, here is just, still ambered. Just dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So everyone here, everyone here is like, well, um, you know, I can go and see my sort of dead relatives. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get like closure that's... knowing that they did, they are dead. Because I think a lot of it is, are they missing or are they dead? Yes. 
Okay. So that, I, d- that... I don't know if they got ambered, and now I can go see. Right. Uh, okay, so that makes sense. I don't think they... Did they explicitly say this at any point? Or did they mention that last episode, 19? I don't no, but we, but we have... But we get that from uh, the other group of people that we see walking out um, of the... I'll call it the Amber Museum here. Um, mm-hmm. Or Amber Morgue, take your bet. Uh, or take your, uh, take your favorite. Um, and, uh, with them crying as they're coming out, most likely they've seen their, you know, yeah. the, the loved one that they were looking for. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. Th- that's definitely the vibe I got from it, but yeah, okay. Yeah. It's good that it, that's so, confirmed or that we all agree to that, because that makes I the think we sense. all agree to that. I don't know if it's confirmed, but I think we can all agree on yeah. that at this point. Cool. Um, but yeah, but yeah unfortunately they... they do not find Olivia. But they do um, find who bought Olivia. And oh my god, it's David's third favorite character in the show. Oh my Fucking god. Markham is back. I can't Markham. believe of all the people to bring back. Really, David? This Would you have been dude. more upset if this was if it was Brandon? Brandon's dead. <laughs> no, uh, alternate Brandon Brandon's isn't. dead. Alternate if, Brandon's dead. Our Brandon's dead too if Akiva was good. <laughs> <laughs> if Akiva did me a solid. And he like, he loves Olivia so much that he bought her ambered body, which also and then makes no sense because he's using it as a fucking coffee table. It makes no sense because they've spoken like three times. But you know, Jesus he was Christ. supposed to wake her up, and they were supposed to fall in I, love. I will shout out the actor here because he sounds like he's not having a single shit about the lines he's being forced to deliver. <laughs> he is giving like the most wooden performance I've ever heard. <laughs> he is just saying the lines like, "Please, just give me my check." Can we film this at Markham, my actual Do you think Markham apartment? comes back now, David? Or do you think that's the last that we see of Markham is this scene? This is what, Markham's fourth appearance? I think at your fourth speaking line for SAG, you get a pay rise, which is why he <laughs> did it. I think it's three appearances with lines at a certain minimum, and after that, you get a pay increase. Oh, for the same show? Yeah, for the same show. <laughs> I see. Well, um, but, yeah. He's here. Uh, Marco, they they bust into Markham's apartment. He's got a shotgun. Peter punches him in the face, and then they they're taking her back. And then and they Markham's... just take Olivia with no issue. Like, why is this well, scene even Markham, in here? Markham's also bitching. He's like, "Oh, but she cost me so much money. That means I'm in tights because uh, I spent um, many money on her, literally." And then on the other side of things, uh, it turns out that uh, the Amber. Um, Stealer, Wait, can we, can we just sorry bring the up... curator? We'll call him the curator. Before before uh, we get is to a loyalist. that, can we just bring up the fact that also when they're breaking into his house, he starts shouting about some laws and how he's like enacting his rights. So not is not only is he like a libertarian, he's also an incel. Like what the fuck, fringe writers? Well, no, not. I think he's trying to if they were loyalists or like observer forces he was like yeah oh, but that's like shouting that's like shouting i am what, what's the fucking fake bullshit the... oh i'm a free person yeah or like oh, the no, free no, no. citizen no, no, no. Or some shit. what's it it's 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 better it's better than that it's like oh what's what's the thing the whole like the u.s became a corporation at this point and i'm just uh 
an something something citizen or something. Yeah, there's oh, some. It's a, it's a free citizen where they get all the rights of being a U.S. citizen without any of applying to them. It's some dumb bullshit, but it's sovereign citizen. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. that's that's 100% the vibe I was getting from him as he was shouting. Like, <laughs> My favorite video to this day is a dude being like, oh, hey, I'm at a courthouse because I got caught driving without a license, but I don't need one. So while I'm waiting, I'm just going to go into this courtroom because th- no laws affect me. And one of the... <laughs> One of the security guards working was like, uh, you can't go in there. The guy's like, oh, no, I'm going to go in there. And he's like, if you try one more time, I'm going to tase you. And it's like this big, <laughs> like close to 300 pound, like six foot four guy. Like he is built. And he's like, I will tase you. And the guy's like, I'm going to go in there. And then he gets tased. Oh, it's just I, if you believe that no, like no laws apply to you and ever, like you're free to do whatever you want, why wouldn't you consider that other people would do that as well? Like they quote the anything, Magna Carta as like the superseding law. Like if anything, I would live life even more restricted if I truly believed that because I would be terrified. Because <laughs> like that's purge rules, right? Like if nothing matters and there are no laws. Purge rule. <sighs> Yeah, but speaking of purge rules, um, the the soup guy, he's a loyalist, and he calls in the observer. Yep, while looking, and we know he's a loyalist, because he pulls out a loyalist card and looks at it the entire time as he talks. And he's like, oh, give me double the amount. It says, this is your loyalist member card. This means you are a traitor to the modern human race. Tick this box if you agree, and he ticked that box. It's just nonsense. Uh, but hey, um, he, he does that, and all of a sudden, the observers go and show up and try and kill Walter with, with science guns. We have science guns back, by the way, everyone. Oh my god, um, they appear in a thin air, but then Edda shoots one, and he does the fake trying to catch, but it just kills him. And then another one teleports where he was. <laughs> And it's such a trash. It looks like something out of 2005 Doctor Who. <laughs> Except 2005 hey. Doctor Who would play this up so much more campy that it would have been fine. Yeah, but hey, it's hey, like so serious and the vibe so strong. And then like he like telekine- like telekinesis Edda into a wall, but then Edda just shoots him again. Like... Okay, hey, so hey David, uh, here's here's a question for you. Uh, can observers telefrag each other? <laughs> I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Like, but also, if these these are beings that can travel through time seemingly at will, from what we understand, why don't they just go back in time, right before whatever happens here, and undo it? Because apparently, man, we're not they're... dealing with multiple timelines. Because nowhere are they, like, I'm so frustrated. We've already, already shown that these people can time travel. Why don't they just time travel to, like, it makes no sense. Anyhow, Why they shoot some observers. Why would you just start your conquering before Fringe Team was born? Like, if they're your biggest this threat. Is, this is the Terminator issue. <laughs> is why, why are you going back to kill Sarah Connor? Why aren't you going back to, like, kill Sarah Connor's parents? Weren't you going back and just killing like the first human? <laughs> well, then you I don't know. They created. needed someone to create the thing. Ugh. It's nonsense. 
It's but all yeah. nonsense. Anyways, we we have we have our action scene with the observers. Um, oh no, Peter! I've just I've had a horrible thought. I bet what saves the day is they get shapeshifters on their side. I'm adding it to fringe the team. List. Fringe team finds like because the shapeshifters never got defeated in season four, right? Like a few of them ran <laughs> off. Like they were still around. Fringe team. Yeah. Definitely finds shapeshifters and they work with them. <gasps> William Bell is a shapeshifter. That's how they get around him changing and changing actors. Oh no. All right. I have Fringe Team finds and recruits shapeshifters, and underneath that, William Bell is a shapeshifter? Question mark, question mark. Oh my god. All right. Anyhow, we then cut to them popping Olivia out of the amber. We get a tearful reunion with her daughter because. How much she wouldn't even like remember her mom. Why are you crying? She was like three when they got taken or disappeared. Well, well, yeah, but um, Roll also Walter's been Walter, Walter's been kidnapped at this point. Like Walter's been captured. So oh no, you know, they kidnapped Walter. Happened. They got what? him. Uh, fortunately, they they traded an old man for Olivia. So you know, but Olivia has the thing that's supposed to help the old man. And it turns she... out it's a weird device that will unscramble Walter's memories and let them figure out what the plan is. <laughs> the shiny metallic tech device is about the size of a hand and has three flexible legs hanging from the centerpiece, much like a spider has eight. What the fuck, French people writer? <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be like, it has three legs in the same way a spider has eight, in the same way a cat has four. You mean you mean not at all in the same way that a spider has eight legs? <laughs> Like mean? like a three legged spider, this this device goes on the head. <laughs> I want to start doing that for normal things. Hey, David, just you... start doing that in our D and D sessions. Just you co- you come across a man much like a terrifying Spider Man. He has teeth. I mean, what? <laughs> that is going to terrify people. <laughs> oh my god um yeah they figure out they need to go rescue walter so they get edda to try to they ask edda okay can you find where he's being held or some bullshit and edda's like yeah let me go find my friends in the resistance or something which also shouldn't um, exist because you know they can fucking read minds well but first we get the interrogation with winmark and walter yes yep Winmark, who's not named after a fucking month for some reason. Well, he was December for a while, wasn't he? It was this the same guy. I thought we decided no. this wasn't the same person. No, this, this isn't wasn't the same, the same guy. guy. No, yeah. December uh, well, was shame. more heavy set. Yeah. Uh, okay. Nope. So Winmark, oh. which also just is not as a nothing name, um, starts like trying to mind read him. He does all the weird heebie-jeebies. Walter's David. Of would it music. be better if they just straight up called him? Air Windmark. <laughs> Air Windmark. Leader oh, of the no. Observers. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no, that sounds pretty good to me. Like Leader of the SS. The is science that what suppression team. Be? Is the name just supposed to be vaguely German sounding? I really want to think so. If they introduce more observers and they have vaguely German sounding names, what the fuck fringe what the fuck fringe writers? 
Also, like, so we learned September and all those were just designated code names and they did have actual names. But if they're so far removed from emotion, why do they have fucking, like, familial names? Surely numeric designations would be the way to go. Ah, it's fine. Again, this is why I would point to this episode as how not to build a world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Walter apparently can evade the mind scan with music. Well, not even. He's just thinking of music. I think this is yeah. what when Mark is hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that's what I mean is he can kind of distract. It's like surface level yeah. thoughts only. But so when Mark is music. like, oh, let me go deeper. You may become a vegetable because of this, but that's okay. I love not, my no, vegetables. No, no. We got to be clear about the line. Exactly. It's you're so much more interesting as a human, but I would hate the, so much more interesting as a human than a vegetable. But something i don't even know it's i could like, care less or something yeah i could care less it's your choice whichever one you become or some fucking bullshit god but yeah you okay there david i'm just angry <laughs> then then etta goes and gets the eye scan to go into the resistance building and she's like hey friendos how's it going everyone alive and happy and nope one dude nope. has his chest wide open on a table because he got killed, and then he's like, oh, oh no, anyways, here, meet my parents. Thanks for <laughs> the booze, co-worker. meet my parents. <laughs> and, oh my god, I, I, th- I think they had that sad moment over the person, and I think I audibly shouted, you haven't earned this. Because <laughs> <laughs> they hold on it for a while, and there's sad music, and I'm like, you haven't earned this. Oh, oh, but David, dear. we we cut to your favorite scene of Peter and Olivia overlooking the quote unquote New York skyline. It's so bad. It looks like hot garbage. With the big Observer Obama poster. Oh my gosh! Change. It looks no, like a PS2 future. game. <laughs> I think the PS2 had better rendering for skyboxes. I wouldn't like this looks like the setting for Deus Ex game (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what's the tabletop uh, fantasy cyberpunk game Uh, Shadowrun yeah this feels like Shadowrun this feels like a bad fan made Shadowrun level no Shadowrun at least they understand color grading anyways yeah there's some bullshit that goes on i'm i'm gonna be honest with you guys i fully checked out at this point in the episode (laughs) i watched the rest of it but none of it went into my brain aside from the parts i hated so quite a bit of it actually went into my brain oh no (laughs) um but yeah so what happened here they were talking about peter and olivia are talking about some shit about the relationship and how it went downhill after edit disappeared yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you yeah, know, no, um, know how we built up people... four years of that relationship? Yeah, their marriage fell apart. To be fair, their child did disappear. If anything's going to break yeah. the relationship, that's going to be know, one of those I just, things. I fucking hate it when shows make up. Like, oh, hey, we finally got there. They're finally together. Isn't this worth the wait? Let's kind of undo that so you keep watching. Well, no, but this is entirely what this episode is. Is it's a fucking continuity reset, character-wise. Like Peter and Olivia yes. are gonna be, um, uh, will they, won't they again? Uh, we have uh, Walter back to being crazy and unsure of himself, like no confidence in himself. 
and a rocky relationship between Peter and Walter, and then also Olivia trying to be like the caring person for what. Like this is fully a character arc reset. And then Astrid. Is yeah, there and then also. Astrid. <laughs> the fringe writers cared as much about Astrid as they always did. Oh my God, Ed is going to be the new Rest Lincoln. Astrid. Ed is the Lincoln slash Charlie slash fifth person of the team. Hey, like that's all no, that it is. Don't compare her to Charlie. He was magic. <laughs> Like, it's all nonsense. This fully feels like the writers not knowing what to do with episode 19 and going, fuck, how do we continue this? We made Walter really grouchy and mean. Uh, I know, an observer tortures him until he's crazy again. Yay! They did it. Yeah, they they find out that the device is the Transilian's Thought Unifier, a Model 11, which is, it doesn't carry information. It scans your brain for specific thoughts and then unifies them together so that you can... It undoes what September did. It's a MacGuffin to undo what September did. Yes. Um, so cool. They have that, but they don't have Walter. Also, we now know where Walter's been taken. Um, in the meantime, um, Walter's getting semi-brain tortured um, by Widmark. I wouldn't Widmark. say semi-brain tortured. I think this is full-on brain torture. That's fair. Full-on Very brain tortured brain by Widmark. Like, something, he looks like something. he's about to stroke out. Yeah. Um, he's having but, a bad uh, time. And then in order to get into the, the partition building... partition's working. Partition's working. He's not getting the information needed. And in order to rescue him, French is like, yeah, but how do we get past your security? It's like, oh, good thing I have this device that will let you pretend to be dead, I guess. Or something. Because yep, we were going to use this to, like, do a terrorist attack or sneak into their base. And how are you going to do that if you're all dead, right? Like, because it doesn't seem like Peter could just stand up when he was died. Like, it seems like he was dead, dead, and then they resuscitated. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. They got to they gotta use Edda to get in. But, yeah, uh... so how were they going to get in anywhere like, <laughs> without being dead? Like, I don't understand. What was the plan? Yeah, they, they, trust me, they had a good plan. Uh, it's gonna go great david and one unnamed resistance dude is like no we were gonna use this and then Edda's like no this is our chance to save all the entire world <sighs> but yeah they they find out where walter's being held peter and henrietta share a moment it's not a tender moment it's a moment <laughs> uh, when Mark sees a vision of young Henrietta in Walter's mind is like who is the girl is she helping you how could a baby help you she's just a baby when Mark you have a plan to defeat the invaders from 2609 with a child with an abs what a fucking idiot like <laughs> how is this small child helping you Obviously, the park is green. This... Where is this green park? Obviously, this small baby <laughs> with a blue sky that you're thinking of is going to save you. <laughs> Was she ambered with you? Of course. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then they they fake being dead, and they uh, they get in. I'm so tired of this shit already. <laughs> Uh, okay, oh guys. look We're... they paved over central park but kept the water i guess for no reason yay it's not even not well enough. no yeah. so they can dive in and get drunk off it because remember they get drunk off water david fucking that nonsense quirky? fucking that nonsense. quirky is it is it the hydrogen fucking that nonsense. does it or is it the Absolute oxygen nonsense <laughs> 
Do you think that's why they have to pull the plan or else they're just in a drunken stupor breathing air all day? Imagine if you were walking around and just alcohol vapor was everywhere. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, we can't can't go outside today. Why not? The ethanol fog is out. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about, man? I want to get fucked up. Dude, it's only Tuesday. (laughs) Sorry, boss. Can't come into work today. I will get drunk on the way there. It makes no sense. Uh, Fuck, if they get drunk off water, why not just make some fog machines and really fuck them up? David, that's what that rune was. It was actually just releasing water the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest enemy of the observers. Compressed air canisters. (laughs) But yeah, they, they smuggle in one of the other resistance fighters and Peter in body bags with Etta being like, look, I killed some insurrectionists and the loyalists have face tattoos yep because i guess they're literally branding their followers yes and then one of the loyalists just hits on etta for no fucking reason and it's It's real weird (laughs) hey look i found your your dead partner right he's in amber with william bell well also you miss his amazing pickup line which is like oh glad you're here it's always brighter when you're here Heck yeah. Hey, that's how I got into my current relationship. I went up to her and said, hey, it's always brighter when you're here. That has the same vibe as that uh, fucking rhyme. What rhyme? Uh, oh, I know he's talking about he's talking his wife. About. It's okay. It's okay. In the um, uh, Spine Vampire episode? <laughs> Just remember, he also was using his own last name for yep. that rhyme. <laughs> yep, he was. <laughs> but hey it's okay we're here now is Everyone that what Mark so is whispering defeated. into Walter's <laughs> ear as he cries with blood on his face yep yeah, oh basic... look Walter's hurt alright let's let's we'll, we'll get through this real fast I will, I will make this nice and easy nice and easy for everyone for everyone here because <laughs> it, it's grinding on me at this point how the, the anger coming off of mostly David <sighs> but also Charlie <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, they, Peter and, um, Etta get in, um, they, they kill the dude, uh, they go and they're like, all right, time to kill the air unpurifier. Um, they, they cut the wires on that. The air unpurifier shuts down. Uh, and the observers are like, oh shit. All right. I got to get out of here now. It's going to have, there's going to be too much O2 in here all of a sudden. Um, so he leaves, um, Etta and, uh, Peter break in. They're able to save Walter and get him out of there. There, we're, we they, we did the rescue. Did I miss anything? If turning off the air unpurifier instantly makes the area hospitable for them, how the fuck did they conquer Earth? <laughs> how the fuck have they been walking around Earth? They've had scuba tanks on the entire time. How Where? Did the, how, did, how did the science team do? Because they're just like sitting in restaurants eating food. Yeah, and drinking water. <laughs> My God, December was drunk the whole time. <laughs> December, when he was eating that jalapeno monstrosity, had a big old glass of water there too. Nice. Uh. <laughs> Nonsense. Fucking nice. Anyways, um, they've saved fucking Walter. Then Windmark looks at Etta and is like, "Oh yes, there's that young child, or some shit." 
Um, uh, also, Olivia's good at killing things. So yeah, I, I, she I always has been. She always has been. <laughs> the mood, Lincoln's feelings for her. Um, yeah, so Walter's safe or something. They bring him back and they're like, oh, here's the machine that we went to get. Unfortunately, it doesn't work anymore. And then Walter picks it up and it starts whizzing and whirring, which is always what you want for a weird scientific instrument to do. He's like, oh, yep. they must have, uh, September must have coded it to only work for you, which, sure, whatever. That, that's fine. I'm fine with that. But well, then I think Mark like, says earlier he was going to bring in his own thought unifier, but... Mm-hmm. It only works if it's coded specifically to Walter's genetic combination, but we could brute force it, I guess. Yeah, because he's just a computer, and they're going to hack into him. God, uh, man, remember that fucking person who turned himself into a, a super intelligent person and can only talk to computers? I wonder what he's doing right now. <laughs> I wonder what he's up to. <laughs> I wonder what all those super fast-growing clones are doing. Or all those uh, mind mean, control children. You mean all those cool things that they hinted that still existed even though they dismantled some fringe events were still yeah. around? I wonder what that Russian uh, space <laughs> alien <laughs> guy is. I wonder the what the CIA he's up to. handled the observers coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, Walter's they, they, they try like... and stick the the thought unifier on walter's head it doesn't work um winmark has fucked up his brain too badly and um and yep, walter's crazy they don't again have a plan. yep he's like season one walter he's, he's all like of his con- confidence i can't even trust myself i don't recognize who i am oh no if only i've gone through this multiple times and maybe had a way to handle this nope, nope. why do nope. i have nope. william bell's hand scene. yep <laughs> But hey, then Walter goes out in a robe and boxers, and there's like dangling CDs. CDs. Yep. And he finds an unbroken CD, goes into just a random car that apparently still has power, and starts playing it. And the episode. uh, This is actually a a, a very sweet moment. No, it's not. It's fucking garbage. Nah, Charlie, I'm on your side for this one. It's garbage symbolism for a 10th grade art class. As Walter <laughs> sees a single dandelion growing out of the concrete and goes, ooh, and starts crying. And it's like, hey, oh, the- I too was in 10th grade art. Hey, that's the, no, that's the end of the Martian. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, that's the episode. As you can see, David and I have some strong feelings on this episode. Do you guys... You guys catch the seahorse that's also in the taxi cab? Yes. Um, there's, there's the seahorse in the taxi cab. Um, we have, I, I don't know, David, the, the symbolism that you're missing as well there uh, is Walter's earlier on in the episode where Walter's like, music helps give me a change of perspective. And then he goes and listens to music and is able to change his perspective in the end of the episode there. So, you know. There's at least that going on as well. Yeah, except that he verbally says it out loud. That's not good symbolism. <laughs> to, quote, to quote one of my favorite Futurama lines, you can't just have your characters say what they're feeling. That makes me angry. <laughs> like, that's not clever. That's just literally stating things about a character. Uh, 
You could have even set it up earlier by having like normal or angry Walter like trying to work on stuff, but being like, he's like, I can't focus. There's too many noises. Don't you have any music? And then gone from there and have it be like a, a one, two, three, where it's like, that's the intro. Oh, he's humming opera to himself to avoid the mind scan. And then yeah, at the it's, end, it's something it's, that shows Walter's throughput, kind of. It's also like they, they have already established that Walter likes music, especially while he's working. Like, that's just a character trait we know he has. He doesn't need to literally in the episode talk about, oh, I love music. It helps me think better. Who do 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 do? Doubt is what the glyphs spell out. Yep. I doubt the season's um, going to be good. <laughs> hey, Charlie, where, where are those observers at? They got shot. They, they got shot a lot. <laughs> Remember when they were clever about hiding the observer? <laughs> Remember that time they just clearly photoshopped an observer in the background of one shot? Oh, that was beautiful. Remember when they clearly cut out a picture of him and put him into the scene? Um, hey, guess what? Um, to the best of my knowledge, at least in this episode, who the fuck knows what the next episode clue is. So, you said uh, there David, were next you're safe. episode clues again. Nah, not for this one. Just for the last, just for the, uh, just for the end of season, uh, end of season four there. There were next episode clues. There's not one for this one. Maybe next time, though? Hey, David, the quick. next episode clue is at the beginning of the credits for all the other seasons. It says... They are here, observers which are refers here. to the observers, and you should have known that this plotline was coming from that. Exactly. End my life. All, all, <laughs> it's, not look, it's not looking good, David. Um, you mean it is looking good if they don't exist. I don't want them to uh, exist. I don't think you understand. Are, are they just gone forever now? They it might maybe. be. Which I'm yeah. not surprised. Yeah. yeah, it feels, it looks like they are. Well, that's a shame. So well, I, I also have another gripe with Fringepedia. They have plot relevant questions at the bottom to, I guess, like encourage discussion. Inspire th- discussion. It's always good. One of them is, why does Olivia remember Henrietta's specific age when she last saw her? Three years, one month, five days. My issue with this is... It's her child? Yeah, A, it's her child, and B, we know Olivia has a really good memory. She has a perfect yep. memory. It's her child, and also that was the day she disappeared. Why wouldn't you remember that? <laughs> like, even if you didn't have a perfect memory, I think you would remember the day your daughter disappeared and how old she was. Yep. Ugh. All right. Um, before we Absolutely. wallow in my hatred of this episode any longer i as we discussed it i was getting angrier and angrier i don't know if you guys could tell <laughs> yeah oh dear episode ratings what do we think about this episode um, i think to be fair what we should do is we should give it every episode in season five two ratings one rating for as a season as a whole like in fringe in general like just a general rating and then one we can give a rating for as if this was a new show okay and so, just like a season five rating so an infringe so, rating and like then an overall rating and then just a season five rating okay so okay. A, a season five rating so that'll be season five of fringe and then a spin-off rating whereas if this was a spin-off of fringe yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay i will try to keep track of these okay Okay, um, well, I guess I'll go first here. 
so <sighs> David, you're gonna you're gonna hate me for this, but this episode was better watching it this time than it was the time that I've watched it in the past. Um, <laughs> um, I could see that because most of my rage was because I haven't seen this before and all their decisions baffled me. <laughs> I don't think I and, gave it a fair chance of beat by beat. <laughs> so, so, and so, so my ratings and like, tr- as, as I said, how I'm trying to like, just take this, take this entire season is I'm trying to go in with as fresh of a perspective as I possibly can. Um, because I know that in the past when I watched literally just the first two episodes of the season, I was like, Oh God, I hate this already. And I came in with that perspective and it did not help me at all. Um, so I'm trying to come in with the perspective of, okay, let's see where this goes. And I'm trying to like find the parts that are good so that I like have things. Um, <laughs> so this episode from that side of things was like fine. Um, it felt more fine to watch. I don't know if it's just because I thought that I was, it was going to be worse than it was. I'm going to give it a two and a half, which feels weird to do. Um, in terms of Fringe, I think there have been worse ep- there's been like a, a like fair number of worse episodes in previous seasons uh, than this episode of Fringe. So, gonna give it a two and a half, and I'm gonna give it a three if this was like a new like a, a spinoff show. Um, it's not good, um, <laughs> but I don't know. That's that's that, where I feel personally. That might be <laughs> the most fair review of it as a season premiere, like it it feels edgy. Like, it feels like the writers were like, what's the edgiest thing we can do? Let's nuke everything we had done up to this point. They do give you some dangling plot threads, like, oh, there is a way to defeat the observers, but it just kind of feels like they're like, oh, we'll drop them into the middle of a story. In the middle of a story? Like, it it just all feels, like, icky and weird, where you're like, you know these characters and... For almost no reason, they're trying to leave out important character-defining moments for them when we've known them for so long. So, like, I'm struggling to give it a 2.5. So I'm going to give it a 2 as a season 5. As a new series, this would be a very intriguing season or series premiere. Maybe, maybe like, yeah, a 3. I think a 3 is fair for a spinoff series premiere. Yeah. Good. For a season five of Fringe, this gets a fat one from me. Um, this isn't the worst thing, which is why is it, it isn't a zero, but it just completely this. I hate this entire plot line. I hate this entire world they're building. I hate everything that this implies about the previous episodes of Fringe as well, because why the fuck did they save that observer child? If they're just gonna come back and like conquer everyone, like why the fuck were they ever like? It my problem with this is it invalidates previous episodes and previous seasons. Like it makes them worth less. Somehow more so than resetting the timeline. Yes, even so, because that's still an implication. Because Peter was still there and dealing with it. Like this is like full of saying no, they shouldn't have done those things. That was the bad. That was the wrong thing to do. If you had known everything. Like, they were the bad guys. You were secretly helping the Nazis the entire time. <laughs> like, that's my problem with everything they've done here. Um, as just a standalone, if this was to be a spinoff show, yeah, 3.5. Like, I, Damn. <laughs> I don't think it's the most, like, intriguing thing. I don't think I would continue watching this show. 
because it does just seem like a Blade Runner TV show or like a weird <laughs> sort of pseudo sci-fi um, show. Let's say the other one, Minority Report. Like this just feels like it's taken a lot from those kind of I think, things. I think if you if you change the cast up a little bit, even just like Peter and Olivia are there for an episode or like they get killed off immediately in the spinoff. Just well, as like, even, oh, the next chapter in Fringe, follow not, Peter and Olivia's daughter as she fights like this weird future. Totally disconnected. So you don't have those lingering threads. You don't have Peter, Olivia, and Walter. Well, it's a I'm new cast even, of characters. I'm not even thinking of that of it that way. Just Peter and Olivia as two agents of a federal agency that tried to fight them off and failed and threw themselves into the future and end up working with their child who they lost very early on is an interesting, like that's just an interesting setup. Like that in itself is a fine concept. They could go places with that. There could be interesting things. Um, Like I don't have any issues with that. It's just not that. Yeah, it's just (laughs) yeah. (sighs) All right, gonna be a lot. I also looking at the wiki for the next episode in Absentia. Um, I don't know if I've seen this episode. Oh wow! (laughs) I may have just watched episode one three times and quit. Oh, man. This is going to be a long season. <laughs> we are one-thirteenth of the way through it. And who, this, who knows? Uh, we may be completely wrong, and it really picks up after episode two or like, three. You say this, but we would have heard that already. Like, Fringe has been out for over ten years. If season five got good, that would be part of the discourse of Fringe. <laughs> Like, it would be commonly known that, oh, yeah, season five starts weird, but then it gets really good, so stick it through it. I've never heard that said about Fringe. Well, we shall see what happens. So at best, it gets less than mediocre. Yay, I guess. (laughs) IMDb has this as a really highly rated season. We looked at the Rotten Tomatoes. They're nonsense. They also loved Bound. Like you, you that's, can't that's, trust that's that. Problem one. They that rated Bound one. one of the highest episodes that season. <laughs> I do. Bound is such a special episode because we all hate it. We all hated it with such a passion. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's rare that we get one where we all agree. Anyways, I think that will take us out. Um, some eagle-eyed or eagle-eared listeners may tell that Nick and I were doing intro and outro duty again. That's because we rolled on a ra- we randomized the order, and guess what? It was the same thing. The problem with only having three of us is that that was a fairly high chance to have happen. We just needed one person to be different. What, that was a one in six? That it'd be the exact same? Yeah, I mean, that's not the most frequent. That's not the most likely. Anyways, um, yep, uh, Fringe, something, something. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked what you listened to, um, maybe go out for like a run touch some grass uh I, we were pretty i was pretty angry I, I don't know um or if you just want to hear more of this and you want us to suffer um feel free to give us a like or subscribe on your podcatching service of choice um we always love to see any sort of feedback from listeners because then we know you exist which is nice um if you want to do like even more feedback, you can uh, tweet at us at Forsaf, or you can send us an email um, using forsaf at gmail.com in your little two line. 
Um, you can also like BCC or CC us, but that's a little bit weird. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't recommend it. But um, copy us in on your corporate emails. Don't no, don't do that. Don't no, listen. No, 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 no. I don't want us to our email to be associated with phishing. <laughs> like, hey, uh, yeah, God. But if you're not into phishing and you love to see the moon, feel free to tune back in soon. Outro. The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under a attribution non-commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license.